0: Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door
1: with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire.
0: You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization and you tell him one thing,
1: just win, David. You're gonna get everything I got, everything I got. Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go, let's go, Raiders on three. One, two, three, let's go get there.
0: We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding, how do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild. I think he came to set his roster on fire.
1: Raider Nation, what is going on? Coming into episode, I don't even know episode like basically one, I guess, of the off season. Talking about things. Joining me shortly is going to be my guy Eddie Borsili from the Yards Per Attempt podcast. Make sure you subscribe to his podcast. Go leave a late rating and review. I do that here too. If if you listen to this podcast and you haven't left a five star rating or review, uh, I'd, I'd highly encourage it. That so helps us podcasters out. Helps us you know get up the charts. All that good stuff. Anyways, Raider Nation. Uh this is uh this is gonna be an, an exciting off season for us. Obviously, you know, the regular season didn't end the way we wanted it to. I'm sure I'm gonna, you know, whine and pout about that for a few more weeks. But eventually we're gonna get over it. Free agency is just around the corner, draft is just around the corner, and the Raiders are in a prime position, I think, to really make a splash this off season, kinda go all in, kinda get in there and 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 make some things happen to turn this eight and eight team, you know, went from seven and nine to eight and eight to you know, to a 10, 11 plus win team. I don't think we're very far off. Uh, the main thing, of course, is, you know, nailing this defensive coordinator signing. That's really what we're waiting on. I don't want to get too much into it. I really see Gus Bradley maybe as the leader of this discussion, uh, but still bringing in, you know, like Chris Richards and and some of these guys and, you know, Rod Marinelli's, Marinelli's son-in-law. I think he could be an option to even just be involved in the staff, even if they're not the defensive coordinator necessarily. I still think they can be involved in building a staff And that'd be amazing, especially with Richards having the history of calling plays as a secondary coach, Marinelli able to call plays. Uh, I see us having a lot of potential and hopefully building somewhat of a, uh, you know, top tier defensive coaching staff. Because I think that's really what we need with these young guys and hopefully tying in some veterans, which we'll talk about more here with my guy, Eddie Borsili, with some of our cap space. Maybe we'll get some, you know, some veteran stars back there figure something out but anyways raider nation i appreciate you guys jumping in and we're gonna go ahead and get into our guy who you all know so well eddie Borsili, um you know executive producer of nfl series xm's radio station and host and i guess producer of his own podcast yards per attempt let's get into eddie My guy, Eddie borseley playoff football man. Not Raiders playoff football, but hey, playoff football.
0: Seems like a it seems like a blast to uh, to be able to participate in, even though we haven't uh, <sighs> seen like that in better part of twenty years. But
1: good to be back, man. How are you? I'm hanging in there, dude. It is nice in a way uh, if I if I can you know kind of humble myself a little bit and 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 set my pride aside, I guess, and look at the Browns and the Bills and their fans and see what they're enjoying. It hurts me even more. You know, given that I feel like, we, you know, we're kind of in the same situation and deserve exactly what they're doing. But hey, next year, right? There's always next year.
0: It hurts me the fact that we beat half of these teams in the playoffs. That's right. Really, really hurts me. Uh, you know, we take down the uh, the Chiefs and the Browns and all these teams, we watch them. But no, look. Besides for being Raider fans, Browns fans, Bills fans, they've been suffering a
1: long, long time, man. So good
0: for oh, those. man. It's nice to see them. It's nice to see them win. We need Six. the Browns to do it one more time this w- week.
1: <laughs> exactly, because that's that's the the cheering schedule, I guess, that we have for. Um. You know, because obviously this week the Bills beat the Colts, the Rams beat the Seahawks, the Bucks beat the Washington football team. Every time I see WFT still, I keep yeah, thinking. Yeah, it, uh, it's weird. I yeah. think it's the opposite. <laughs> I think they it's need a reaction they to need, they need
0: a nickname. They need, they need a nickname like ASAP. Someone Something. Needs, like before next season, they need a nickname. Because we
1: play them next year.
0: They're on the schedule next year. Ooh. Man. Huh? Is that a NFC? way game? I think we do and Washington at home and the Giants and Cowboys. on the road. Okay. Well, that could be totally freaking
1: wrong. As, as long as we stay away from the Washington home, uh, I'm completely okay with that. And then yeah, of course, yeah. the I'm, never, I'm <laughs> never going
0: back there ever again.
1: Oh, well, we know you're not going there. <laughs> that, that's I'm a, forever. That's a complete given. Uh, so then oh. on the NFC side of things, the Ravens beat the Titans, the Saints beat the Bears and the Browns beat the Steelers. Uh, or that was on day two, not NFC, but yeah. um, super
0: wild car weekend, super.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, I would say. Not, I wanted to see Alex Smith play really bad because I really yeah. liked the you know, uh, Rivera, everything that he went through to get there, and yeah. Alex Smith, of course, that was a pretty cool story. We missed out on that, but yeah. uh, now we're set up here, Eddie. Just like you already said, the Browns and the Chiefs, we need the. Come on, Brownies, dog pound. I'm oh telling you. Oh, my God. You. I am, I'm the
0: biggest part of the, of the dog pound <laughs> this weekend, man. I'm going to be barking at the TV. This is a tall tax. You, you got the Chiefs coming off a bio, rested up. The Browns riding high. I mean, they're going to get their head coach back. How about winning a playoff game when your head coach is in his basement watching it on TV? like just the and dominating, too. The NFL. And dominating. They they whooped the Steelers' ass. Whooped them.
1: Yeah, I've never seen such... I mean, really, there's not really a playoff game that I've ever seen really go that direction with a team that started off 11-0. 11-0, and they just completely crumbled. You know, a lot of people are going to talk about the Raiders' collapse, and I'm going to be one of them. You know, we're going to talk about, you know, the repeat... Of last year, uh, but seeing what's going on in in Pittsburgh, almost I want to say it, it it feels similar because it, it it I mean I feel like their collapse is a lot worse. Um, as much as I'd love to be eleven to zero at some point during the season, uh, man, I can't imagine even being a Steelers fan right now, having your hope built up that high. To end up playing that bad down the stretch and getting blown out by a rival like that. That's like us doing that and then going in the Broncos just like, you know, beating the brakes off of us in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, It would completely just destroy me as a fan. But uh, I can't help but think maybe they have the same issue that we do. Um, Just not quite like that. We don't have enough vocal leaders maybe on one side of the ball or. Um, there's just something that's just not quite right in the locker room. Is guys like Juju Smith-Schuster out there kind of mixing they things up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just you see that kind of stuff, and it, it makes you think: could that be something that's also going on with the Raiders? And, and how do we fix that?
0: I think I'm going to tell you why this situation is a lot worse. This situation is a lot worse. They they again, like you you pointed out, went through the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows and came crashing down to earth. The difference is with the Steelers is they have studs all over the the football field, offense and defense. They also have a 38-year-old quarterback that has a $41 million cap hit. They are $90 million over the salary cap (laughs) heading into next season. So while I want to sit here and and say, I'm not going to say the Raiders are a better team than the Steelers, but we are better situated heading into this offseason. I know we'll get deep into it later, but you're right. There's a lot of teams like that. The Seahawks are like that, too. The Seahawks early in the season could do no wrong. Russell Wilson's MVP, their offense is going nuts. All of a sudden they try to switch up the offense and and go to a a more of a running game and their offense stalls out. So a lot of the teams like that, they just, they start on fire, maybe the first 12, 13 games of the season, and then kind of come crashing down to earth. And uh, Pat McAfee, who works on SiriusXM, the the former punter does a great job, funny dude. He made the point of saying that when Andy Reid was with the Eagles the first time, Andy Reid's Eagles teams always to the first 12, 13 games would be high flying Their offense would be clicking. But by time game 14, 15 came around, the league kind of caught up to what they were doing. So he kind of correlated that to John Gruden a little bit and to to what the Steelers were doing, the Seahawks, that these coaches have to get a little more creative because the, the league early in the season can't. Match up to what they're doing, but later in the season they kind of come back and say, "All right, we got you got to fig- you know we got you figured out kind of bit." So yeah, I do think yeah, I just I, I think the is in a way way worse position than the Raiders because they are literally they sold their soul for wins and now they're gonna have to pay for it for the cap.
1: Yeah, that forty one million dollar cap hit on Ben Roethlisberger is definitely a, a <laughs> with stinger. with
0: no with no quarterback. with you know, Mason Rudolph ain't the guy, Josh Dobbs yeah. ain't the guy. It's not like they have a rookie behind them or a cheap go. You know, they don't have a Marcus Mariota waiting in the wings if ben retires or they want to move on from him they don't got that
1: so they gotta yeah. go out and find that guy so that's that makes it double worse man and that's that's double the that's double the price of a, of a Derek Carr. that is nuts. i'm just try, i'm just trying to make us feel better here you know i'm just trying <laughs> to make
0: us fluff us up a little bit you that's know all I mean? we can do at this point i mean we're <laughs> at, the, we we're at the
1: lowest point of our fandom even <laughs> in, in our lives it's like everything is, is is shut down for us we get we get no fun outside of football we get no fun in football right now so uh, I guess all we can do is try and cheer ourselves up. But I'm glad you're, you're coming into the the cap topic, Eddie, because we're going to talk about that right now. But actually, first, uh, we're going to take this quick break provided by Blue Wire, and we'll be right back to discuss that. Um, and get it out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all this for only $15 a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch um, or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. Go to dwhustle.com slash join. Uh, check out the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's B is in boy, whustle.com slash join. You know, Eddie, actually I did that. Uh, I sat down with some of the hustlers a couple weeks ago in a, in a zoom meeting and talked to them about the, the struggles and the learning curve and what it takes to kind of build up a podcast and you know, how to stay loving it. And you having a podcast of your own. And of course, you know, being involved, over there with NFL Sirius X, XM radio station, you're, you're very well experienced with the production side of things and in all yeah. levels of this field. Um, man, what, what a grind. And uh, I'm sure you'd encourage anyone listening here if they wanted to start their own podcast, because uh, the passion definitely encourage it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody wants to have a voice. Everyone's thinks they're the most passionate, you know, sports fan out there and whatever you do, you got to have passion, but for my purposes, the podcast is a way just to it, it, it gives you kind of that that release that you need as a sports fan to kind of go out there and get things off your chest. But you, you, you learn to love all the aspects of it, talking to different people, getting different people's opinion, like you said, the production side of it. So I encourage everybody. I, I tell all the young students, all the interns at SiriusXM that come through back in the day, you didn't have the podcast format to get your stuff out there. If you were an aspiring broadcaster, you're someone like that, you didn't have that window you had to you know go and do your own tape and then submit the tape to the radio station old school type of stuff yeah. nowadays you could literally cut a podcast a new fresh podcast every day so if you want to get into this business and you have talent it's it's out there for everybody someone wants to hear you someone wants to hear your podcast someone wants to endorse you someone wants to sponsor you here you go here's the latest thing i just did yesterday so i mean it really is a booming industry in sports. It also is a killer industry for myself as a Raider fan because I have to live it every single day, no matter if I like it or not. I can yeah. I can never escape and just try to get away from the the, the Raiders constantly coming oh. back
1: on my head. But it's a good thing, man. It's it's a lot of fun. That is that hits home with me, dude. Because this is the first year that I did the live post game shows as soon as the game was over. So, oh, you know, nothing, there's nothing like it. Dude, the the first few losses, you know, early in the season, you're kind of like, all right, guys, like, hey, don't worry. You know, we still got like a winning record. Let's keep this thing going. And then you get the, to the tail end <laughs> of the season where like the emotion, like you can't even cover it up. Like you, yeah, yeah. you can do nothing to... Try and sugarcoat anything, and, and I'm like sitting there mid fourth quarter thinking, or like like the Falcons game. I'm sitting there like going to the fourth quarter thinking, dude, I really gotta talk about this game right <laughs> after this. When when if I didn't have it to do the show, it forces your hand.
0: It forces your hand. Man. I would, dude,
1: I wouldn't say a word to anybody yeah. about the yep. game. Like someone would bring up the Raiders, I'd be like, they'd be like, hey, how about that? Oh, how about that game? I'd be like, what game? <laughs> like we're not talking about that right now. But it goes back, we're, and
0: I, 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 it goes back, and I. Thank God I was not doing a podcast at this time because, and I'm going to say it and all Raider fans that are listening are going, to, are going to cringe when I say it. But I was working at 6 doing a Sunday drive the day that car broke his leg for ah. the Colts. And it was happened to be Christmas Eve. And on the way home from Christmas Eve, we were at my wife's family's house. And I texted her and I said, look, she knew what happened. She kind of mm-hmm. briefed everybody. There's like 45, 50 people there. And she's like, you know, just kind of be, be cool. Don't mention it. And as soon as I walked through the door, my father-in-law, God bless him, who doesn't know anything about sports, is like, hey, what happened to your, your quarterback's leg? Oh. And I was just like, oh, my God. And she's like, thank God. I, I just want to punch like, you in go, the face. <laughs> I just want to go and crawl in a hole. But that's what sports is, dude. That's what sports is. It's the highest of highs. It takes you to the highest of the highs. But it also knocks you down to the lowest of lows. Tell me this, as a Raider fan, and Raider fans listening to this, watching the Cleveland Browns game on Saturday. They're up big. It feels like an easy win. And then the Steelers start coming back. And even mm. as non-Browns fans, as Raider fans, I was like, oh, God. I was like, yeah. I, I, feel it, I feel it in the pit of my stomach right now yeah. that they're going to blow this game because we've been there a million times.
1: We're going to take uh, one more quick break provided by Blue Wire, and then we'll be back to keep talking with Eddie. The economy is made up of
0: real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff.
1: Uh it it is a good thing that they got out to such a big lead that they did because it's hard <laughs> to hold that momentum. Do that. <laughs> Come on. we can't do that. We know ne- we really don't. It seems like we no. get up to a couple scores and we get but I mean again I mean the the Browns you know like, they kind of ran up the score just because their defense was just being so ferocious. You you can't really throttle back a defense they're always going to be at your yeah. throat unless you're
0: what's what's the defense i don't, I don't know what that yeah is. we're
1: trying to still figure that one out maybe we'll figure it out this <laughs> off season i don't know maybe we'll
0: get it maybe we'll get a dc's one of these days maybe a, a guy will come in i could Gosh. teach uh, some guys how to tackle and
1: do different things you can't overcome bad coaching and i'm, I'm tired of hearing it i, I don't want to say i'm more of like a player's fan but uh in this case looking at the defense i feel like i'm definitely a player's fan because we do have talent on that defense can we improve yes we can improve are there holes yeah there's holes but it, with a good enough defensive coordinator and a good enough scheme and a good enough teacher, I think these guys could have thrived and we could have at least not been bottom five defense. You know what I mean? Like this, this still had the talent of middle of the pack. And, and yeah, I think not that's even a thrive, frustrating not even part. thrive.
0: If, if they, if most of those guys throughout the season and big plays are going to happen and stupid stuff's going to happen. But if you just do your fundamentals, you you set the edge, you, you tackle somebody that you're supposed to tackle like little things like that. People think, Look, the Raiders' defense was one of the worst defenses we've ever seen watching football this year, no yeah. doubt. But doing the little things, coaching, like you said, matters. Doing the little things, wrapping up, you know, not blowing coverages, stuff like that will, will make the Raiders' defense, the, the way it's constituted right now with no change, immensely better. They need someone in there that's going to hold these, not, not only teach these guys, but hold them responsible. Say, look, you you need to know your assignment. If you blow your assignment, you're coming out of the game and someone's going in. That's it. Yeah. And I think that's where it comes in. Vet this team more than anything else, so we can dive into the weeds on this and we have a whole offseason to talk about it. But the the defense itself is very young. They need more veterans on a D yes. line, they need some veterans in the secondary to kind of say, Hey, oh, you guys can't be doing this type of stuff. Like we need to, you know, do certain things that are gonna, you know make this team, make the defense more sound so it doesn't get blown out each and every week.
1: Yeah, I, I brought up the, I was flirting with the idea of, you know, Najee Harris, because he, you see, uh, you're watching the, the game, and you see these guys, you see Smith out there just tearing it up. You see Harris, um, who's just w- would be the perfect complement to Josh Jacobs, and automatically I already knew that was going to be the response to it. <laughs> we need defense. No, all defense. Sorry, we're not just going to draft all defense. No, uh, no way. For one, John, gr-
0: the head coach, there's no way.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that, but not even just that. It's I, I feel like really what we struggled with was that veteran presence, especially in the secondary. I, if there's going to be one thing I bang the table for this this offseason, um, and I've kind of already just kind of sparked it as soon, as soon as our final game was over, and that's going after a, a, a veteran safety, uh, a, oh, no. a ball hawking safety. Um, and, and there's options out there. I mean, you're, you're going to see it, it all depends on who actually Hits the market, I guess. Whenever you know, push comes to shove. Uh, yeah. But there's about four or five options out there that we could definitely flirt with, and I think we'll have the ability to attack. But that's only if we free up some cap space, and yes. we're going. We're gonna have to, and we're gonna we're gonna play a little game here. We're gonna play uh, keep or cut. So you're basically gonna get an option here, Eddie, and I will. You know, both of us are gonna sit down and discuss each player that I have on this list of keep or cut. And I think that there's easily three plus players in this list um that could be gone this offseason um and as much as almost all of them so it's uh i'm betting
0: you, I'm betting you over cody i'm telling you right
1: now i'm betting you over i'm okay with that if it's if it's me running this i'm doing it i started a madden franchise last night to play <laughs> around with it i five i zoomed all the way to the 2021 offseason i was just moving guys around man you i mean yep. it was it was it was the chopping block i'm not gonna say who because i don't want to well know.
0: before before you continue like that's what Reggie, like when Reggie came in and fixed the cap situation for the Raiders, we've kind of continued that, uh, the cap strategy of signing. Yes, we're giving guys money and we're signing free agents, but we're also setting ourselves up, which is smart, you know, a couple of years down the road with outs in the contract to get out from some of these big time contracts. There's nothing worse than have a contract on the books four five, six years, something like that. And you're locked into a player and you can't move on. You got to be able to do that. The Raiders have done a really good job over the years yeah. of doing that, even though they they have swung and missed more on free agents than I would like to uh,
1: really admit. And the NASA contract is the ugly one that I oh. wish could be on this list, but it won't be on the list um, just because the, the, the dead money is just, it's too crazy. Uh, only one year though. So um, I feel like that's the only reason they kept Reggie McKenzie around for a year though. Like, hey, yeah. You know what? Hey, can you just teach John, John Gruden, how, uh, how you did that with the contracts and then you'll be gone. Yeah, yeah please. <laughs> so keeper cut first player. Tyrell Williams. He comes in with an $11.6 million cap hit next year. Keeper cut. This is the easiest one, Cody. I love mm-hmm. Tyrell
0: Williams. This is nothing against Tyrell Williams. He had bad luck last year. He messed obviously, this whole this whole year. This is an easy cut. You're saving $11.6 million. That's a lot of money. When you've already drafted a Henry Ruggs, you've already drafted a Brian Edwards. We don't know what's happening with Nelson Aguilar, who had a breakout season. There's just, I know John Gruden loves his ex-receiver and that's what Tyrell Tyrell Williams was going to be. But at that cap number, there's absolutely no way you could bring back Tyrell Williams. If he wanted to come back at a really, really reduced salary and you never know with these guys, he's coming off an injury. Here's the thing, like with all these players that I bring up, if a Tyrell Williams gets cut, he's not making anywhere close to $11.6 million anywhere else in the National Football League. So maybe he's happy to take a really, 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 reduced salary cup. And I'm talking like a million dollars or $2 million, something like that. In that case, maybe he stays around for depth. Maybe he's that red zone guy and he's John Gruden's ex, but as it's
1: constituted right now, he's the easy one. He's cut. I agree. I think we need to take that 11.6, move it. And I guess make that account for Nelson Aguilar's contract that he definitely (laughs) deserves. And I see him. It's going to be high. I know he wants to come back and he wants to be a Raider. Um, And I also know that, you know, in the other ear, we saw this with Khalil Mack. You're gonna have an agent in that year. And he's gonna be, what's he want? He gets a percentage of that money. You want the most. You know, if you can make an extra million dollars as an agent, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you can okay. go test free agency, get big time. And uh, you know, you're gonna have Alan Robinson. That's gonna be pretty much the first domino to drop. And then Nelson Aguilar is gonna be right there with him. And I expect what, maybe fifteen million a year? And there's no way. Uh, I'll say. I'll say this as we sit here in early January, 2021. I'm
0: gonna put all my chips into the table right now, and I know we're talking about keeper cut, but I'm gonna push all my ta- my chips into the table and say Nelson Aguilar will not be back with I don't the Raiders like next year be, be, because he's gonna want a lot of money, just like he said. And. Uh, uh, you hear me out here and we, again, okay, we have all off season to discuss this dude. Hey, you're one. N- look, listen real quick. Before you go, just giving him a lot of money.
1: You are one button away from getting hung up on right now. <laughs> I, I do not. This is not the energy we need on this podcast. I'm Nelson cheaper, Aguilar cheaper. is going to be back. I don't okay. care what it takes. All right. Okay. Fair enough. So
0: we'll say Tyrell has gone.
1: Nelson stays. I hope. Gosh dang. <laughs> <laughs> so next player. Number two, Lamarcus joiner. 11.2 million dollar cap hit uh if you cut him there's 2.5 million dollars of dead money uh my math kind of sucks but what is that like 9 million basically uh if you but if you, uh, but if you said, cut him cody
0: if you cut him post june one that number goes down to 1.2 Ooh. so if they designate him to a post june one cut which tons of teams do that number goes down to 1.2 I, i'm just gonna cut you off here if anybody yeah. follows me on Twitter at Borsilli, uh-huh. you know that I I really really dislike Lamarcus Joyner. Maybe he got the shaft, but not playing safety, he to me has been the biggest free agent bust this team has had over the past like five years. I really he misses too many tackles. He's out of position for for a guy that's a veteran player playing cornerback. He just looks like he's out of sorts half the time. He's made. I challenge anyone here, maybe one or two plays that's listening to podcasts, to remember a play that Lamarcus Joyner ever made that you're gonna remember him by when his tenure's gone. To me, this is this. If Tyrell Williams is the easiest with one A, Lamarcus Joyner,
1: one B, as just cut him and move on. That's it. Ooh, I mean, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with you. I mean, there's really nothing that will will change my opinion of him staying unless for some reason we do give him another chance next year because we feel like we don't have that replacement option because i do feel like amik robertson isn't that guy yet i feel like he's had a rough transition uh from playing outside corner to being the guy that um is relied on heavy as a nickel corner and we all know everyone says you know nickel corner is important in paul gunther system well no nickel corner is important in pretty much all of football now just because of the sets that you're getting out there and um And maybe he gets another chance under the new defensive coordinator and proves this all wrong. But I'm going to still side with your opinion. There's no
0: way, in my opinion, it just there's no way you could bring him back. There hasn't been anything that would show you that he'd get better even with coaching, unless it was a Wade Phillips coming over where he really thrived. I just think it's it's a fresh start for both guys, for yeah. Both parties involved.
1: Yeah, got to look at that price. And another guy I'm looking at the price of is a 10.6 million dollar backup quarterback. Uh, sitting on the bench for what was, I mean, pretty much all the season. That was whenever he was active. I don't even think he was really activated on a football Sunday or uh, during uh, on game day until like yeah. week 12 or something, yep. week 11, yep. week 12. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not going to really knock him on that because we knew he was trying to get healthy. It seemed like he got a new injury in camp. So, I mean, look, I, I, I love Marcus Mariota. I, I'm going to stick by uh, that he's the best backup coach Quarterback back in the league. Uh, is he starting caliber? No. If Derek Carr goes down, can we rely on him to still make a playoff push? Maybe, maybe, you know, he's one of those guys that you think, you know, you'd be able to save us. The one, the sample size we got, he came in, he didn't win the game. Um, you know, we still lost the game. So it was pretty frustrating, I guess, you know, from that sense. And that's not really enough, you know, to kind of give me that green light of, hey, we should keep him on the bench again when we can take that 10.6 million and invest into a pass rusher or that 10.6 million, can be 75% of the ball hawking safety that I want and the back end that's going to take five to 600 snaps. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm going to see things like that um, and would rather that money allocate elsewhere. But what do you think, uh, Marcus Mariota, keep or cut?
0: See, I don't think this is going to be a keep or cut scenario because I think they'd be stupid to kind of cut him.
1: Um, when he has today, trade value, take a six. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, who cares? I think,
0: I think in today's NFL, even though he only played one game, I think he showed enough. Maybe not to start, but you could you just flip it. He got replaced by Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, and now you could you could see that kind of happening. What what the Titans did to get Ryan Tannehill from Miami is they essentially paid a lot of his contract to take on, and so you could see that with Marcus Mariota. If a team is willing to take on Mariota it's it's only going to be a year maybe he's the film maybe it's a team that's going to have a rookie quarterback and they want that veteran for a year I could see I, I, it would be it would be stupid for Gruden and, and company to just to move on I know I want that money back you want the 10 million like you said but I think there's some trade value to Marcus Mariota. I don't know if it's going to be on draft day, but I could see a team making a play for him, taking on that contract, taking that contract essentially off the books. Maybe they pay eight million and we pay two million dollars of it, so we save eight million bucks and we don't just cut him outright. So I don't think this is a cut or a keep. I don't think he's going to be on the roster next year. I just don't. I don't see it. John Gruden will probably draft another guy, or Nate Peterman still going to be around. But I think he is a commodity where you just don't let him walk out the door because you can get some compensation back for him.
1: Yeah, hopefully we proved enough, uh, just with that small sample size that we saw this year, that he can be possibly, possibly a starting quarterback on some team. Maybe Chicago. I mean, Chicago has a lot of money invested in the quarterback room, so I don't know that that necessarily can happen. Uh, But I mean, just anything. It 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 doesn't matter. Get a late round pick, get the money. I agree with that. It's all about it's
0: yeah for this for this purposes. It's all about the money. So the draft pick really doesn't matter whether it's a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. If they're taking on $8 million of that contract, $9 million of contract, it's see you later. Thank you for your service. And we spend that money elsewhere. So I don't think as we sit here, again, early January, Mariota is going to be on this Raiders roster unless it's at a reduced salary. And why, if it was, if I'm him, why would I take a reduced salary? I would just say, no, I'm staying here. So I just think he be – look for him to be a draft day, draft weekend type trade
1: for this team. Yeah. Now this, this final – I have three final guys. I'm, I'm just going to group them together. Because I I think they all, I think they all, it's, it kind of correlates. So um, you got to kind of put all three pieces together and see what you want to do with them. Uh, That's going to be Gabe Jackson, Incognito, and Trent Brown. So Gabe Jackson coming in with a $9.6 million cap hit. Um, He's a guy that I felt like did have like a bounce back year from the way he played the year before. Uh, Still, you know, I'm going to look at the results and what we did in the run game and, you know, what was, what was happening there. And interior of our offensive line, besides our anchor of Rodney Hudson, every single one of those guys, in my opinion, could kind of be expendable. Seeing Denzel Good playing well, seeing John Simpson coming in playing well. Uh, We also have Richie Incognito, who has been incognito lately. I don't know really where he's been. Yeah, Yeah. $6.3 million cap hit next year. And I love Richie. I thought he was born to be a Raider. Unfortunately, we got him a little too late. Um, But... And thank goodness we didn't get that uh, rap sheet. Good thing he wasn't a Raider then. I guess <laughs> it was the last thing we needed. Uh, we, were, we get enough as it is. Um, and then the Trent Brown situation coming in at fourteen million. Let's work backwards and let's start with with Trent Brown here. I guess um, I, I see a situation. I already know that's deep sigh. That deep sigh can be like that's, that could be if, the if you answer. want to sum
0: up his 20 if, if you want to sum up his 2020 it's a deep sigh okay how many times <sighs> do we talk about this guy I, mm-hmm. I, I'll start with Trent and I thought yeah I was gonna start with Richie but let's start with Trent Gruden made the comment after the last game you know he's being paid like the LeBron James of right tackle yeah that's kind of like a double sided comment from john gruden he's kind of call, he's calling him around james and saying he's a really really talented player and this is not about trent brown the player trent brown the player when he's on the field is a dominant right tackle but when they signed trent brown the money that trent brown got was left tackle money i was fighting with people left and right some of my hosts they were saying you signed trent brown to play left tackle i was like no colt miller's gonna play left tackle they signed trent to be right tackle there's like no way no no way mm-hmm. so and The second part of it is the availability part. There's nothing that makes Gruden more red in the face, more mad is when a player is not available to play. Injuries happen. Everybody knows that everyone's going to get hurt. But if you're not on the practice field during the week and you can't make yourself available for game day, and Trent, look, he had the COVID stuff. He had the freaking, the IV situation. I'm not saying it was all his fault, but he's just not available. You can't allocate for a team that's this bad on defense. You can't allocate spending 50, almost $15 million on a right tackle when you have needs all over the football field. So if Trent Brown played all 16 games since he came to the Raiders and he never missed a game and he was out there, I'd say, look, this is money that you have to spend. This guy's really good. To me, this is, again, I know you you approach him and, and talk about a salary cut. He ain't going to take it and he's gone. To me, you take that money, split it in half, sign another solid right. Jack Conklin, the number one PFF rated right tackle playing for the Cleveland Browns is making almost half of what Trent Brown's making. So mm-hmm. go out there, use half the money on a defensive player that could rush, the passer half the money on a replacement, right tackle. And you move on. He's making way too much money for a guy that's not on the football field enough. Or trade
1: him and Marcus Mariota and get Cleo Mack back. <laughs> come on <laughs> throw him a throw him a second rounder as a bone too yeah listen give him like a that. second rounder. Hard, pass
0: rushers are hard to find you know they're hard they're to hard. find
1: they're hard to find I mean they're mainly. It. I guess
0: I don't know yeah with mm. that contract Cody I mean I would say trade him too no one's taking that kind of money on it's absurd there's a lot of outs I know but he's owed a lot of money and he's just not on the football field I know it's it wore thin on John Gruden you have guys like Brandon Parker stepping up. I'm not saying Parker's the answer. You, you definitely need an upgrade at right tackle. You need to replace him with somebody. But um, I think Trent Brown's cut. I think he's gone.
1: So now, like I said earlier, kind of with the emergence of Denzel Good, who is also going to be a free agent this offseason, who I hope we retain. I think we can keep yes. him for a decent number, uh, along with our rookie, or going to be a second-year offensive guard, John Simpson, who came in and impressed me as well as he develops. Big boy. I mean, he's one of those guys that, uh, yeah. you know, he'll tear up because in the run game, just because of his size. It's exactly what he's made to do. It's kind of like, you know, just like you look at Colton Miller. That's kind of been like his uh go-to. He's just you know physically gifted, another big boy, and, and gets out there at left well, tackle. we are gonna have to
0: make a decision on too. With fifth-year options coming up for Colton Miller as well. Yeah. So that's another that's another contract that comes. Uh, down the road, Denzel Good's not going to cost you a lot of money. He wants to be a Raider. He loves it here. We had him on Silver and Black Radio. He just was so happy to be a part of the Raider organization that um you know produced so many great offensive linemen throughout the years. Like he yeah. just, he's he's with it. So with him, let's let's talk about Richie. Richie to me is 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 a cut as well. I love Richie. I love Richie as a person. He's an hilarious dude, like you said. Yeah, he was born to be a Raider, but he's getting up there in age now. The Achilles is an injury that. Even if he comes back, and that's why he didn't come back this season, because the Achilles, if it goes, it goes, and he's out for a year. And at that time, he's only going to be almost forty years old. So you take that money, is six point three million dollars. You give half of it to Denzel Good, and you roll with it. And the other guy, Gabe Jackson's a state to me. Gabe Jackson's making a lot of money, but I think Gabe stays. I think Gabe stays. I think Denzel Good and Gabe stay at guard. I think you find yourself another right tackle. John Simpson is the you know swing guy. Is the guy that, that subs in. And then Gabe, and then John Simpson takes over for Gabe when Gabe walks. So I think Gabe, who I think will also be approached to take a little bit of a pay cut, um, take that number down, you know, from the nine million, take it down a little bit to ease a little bit. But I think Gabe stays. I think Trent and Richie go, and we move on with this offensive lineman because the offensive line has to get a little bit younger too, not for nothing. So I think a little bit of youth on that, that line will be. You know, we'll go a long ways. Yeah, what are
1: we? First or second highest paid offensive line in the NFL? One one of the two. It's either first or second. I think we might be the when highest. You're paying,
0: when you're paying your right tackle $15 million a yeah. year. I mean, yeah. that's the case. I mean, there's yeah. just there's no way uh, I say it all the time, it's gonna be a really big point of contention. it will probably be a fight inside that building to kind of say we should keep him or we shouldn't keep him, but it's just to to pay that guy that much money. And, and at the risk of
1: him not being on the football field, just, there's no way you could, you could, you could justify it. Right. <laughs> Where has Richie Incognito been? I, I really, <laughs> I mean, I, you, you put all these scenarios in your head. And I just can't help but think like he like, I don't know, crashed his boat, something on a deserted island and is just sitting there. I don't know, sipping pina coladas or something. I don't know. I don't, like, what's this guy even doing? I know.
0: I know. With what I know for for certain in my brain, wherever he is in the world, he ain't wearing a mask. I'll tell you that. Right now. <laughs> so you could you take that to the bank. He's probably in Arizona lifting weights. He's probably doing whatever he does. He's a he's a free spirit. I would love for him to come back if he's healthy to come back. I would say maybe if it's a veteran minimum type thing, but not at that cap number. So. What's the what's the moral of the story it, here? There's a lot of guys that keep or cut, but they could this team could literally generate forty five to close to fifty million dollars in
1: cap space by moving on from a couple guys. Yeah, I mean Gabe's a tough one because he has a good relationship with Derek. You know he loves being a Raider, um, but yeah. that is just a steep number. And then Richie Incognito is the same thing. It's kind of like that that energy that you that you want with your offensive line. So that makes it a really tough decision for me. But like you said, if if he's healthy. And he thinks he can come back and, you know, be close to 100% and just bringing that attitude to our offensive line. And even, like, having him around or guys like uh, like John Simpson. I mean, if he got yeah. together with John Simpson and could really, you know, kind of teach him and get him a little bit more nasty in the trenches, um, that, that could go a long way with us. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating because, you know, of, of course, you know, Rodney Hudson is – in there still holding everything down and getting snubbed all over the place uh all pros and uh, pro bowl loadings a, and he's going to go
0: he's going to go down his career is going to go down as one of the most unsung and it has a lot to do with him being on bad raider football teams but
1: yeah
0: it, he just does not get the recognition that he deserves it's just a popularity contest nobody sees it he's literally the best pass blocking center that's played in the NFL in the past 25 years yeah. and it's yeah, you know, we're not just saying that as raider fans it's it's literally the truth if you go by any metric Rodney is like the goat. So he doesn't get enough credit, but he's also not getting, uh, you know, getting any younger here too. Just like that's the, the, the biggest kick in the pants too, about these seasons, like the wasted time for some of these vets. Like you think about the Rodney Hudson's that haven't played winning football or got a chance to play in the playoffs. And you want that for those guys. You know what I mean? Cause it's yeah. not going to last forever. The injuries might start coming knock on wood for a lot of these players. And, and Derek's the same way. Derek are I mean, he's approaching 30 years old. I mean, is. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be times now you're going to be like, all right, well, are we wasting these guys' career while well, we fix the defense? That's why you got to take this money and spend it wisely. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a big ticket guy. I don't know if it's trading for a first-round pick. I don't know if it's a bunch of mid-level guys that are going to be, you know, contributors. But Mayock and Gruden have – I say this going into every freaking offseason. It's the most important offseason because they got to get it right, first with the coach and then with the personnel. And then, you know, we'll see along the way. But, I mean, I, I think a lot of those guys – for the most part, will uh, not be in a Raider uniform come
1: 2021. Yeah, no, I I agree. That list, I'm not going to say every single one of them are guys that get cut like we, <laughs> like we kind of want in a way, sort of. You know, we kind of predict that. Uh, just because there's so many of them that are easily, I guess, kind of expendable or movable, or if you can restructure and save some money and they don't want to do that, we can definitely see that happening. So, uh, man, quite the list, and we can make quite the impact, I think, if we can move some money around, especially in this uh, – COVID suffering off season with a cap hit and everything. Yeah, well, yeah well, That's
0: the thing for the people out there that are listening to this. The cap will not rise. The cap always rises. Every it's going to drop year. now, right? It's going to, it's going to drop, but they're going to add a set. They're going to add a 17th, an extra week in the regular season to kind of combat that a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think the cap will stay at about the one seventy it is now, but in years past it goes up 10, $11 million and it kind of lets teams off the hook. But that's the other key thing before we, before we wrap this up, Teams in cap hell, like the Steelers, teams like that that are over the cap, a lot of veteran good football players are yeah. going to let go, let go this year more than usual because teams are not going to be able to fiscally, like the Saints, a breeze will walk away and they'll save a lot of money, but the Steelers, like they might let have to let, I'm just saying a TJ Watt walk out the door because they can't pay him or Bud Dupree. So there's going to be really good football players out there just because it's the COVID year and the teams can't, literally keep every single player that's good that's why it's even more important that the raiders shed the salary when they can and walk away and and, and try to find some some guys that could tackle and sack the quarterback
1: yeah that's what's actually going to help us and that's why i like our list of uh, ball hawking safeties this year eddie we so you've seen guys like marcus williams with the saints maybe they're marcus not marcus to...
0: williams justin simmons if the...
1: simmons hits the market that'd be insane he's gonna make a lot anthony, of money too. anthony harris on the vikings there's there's quite a bit of safeties and when i saw John johnson so john
0: johnson we're not talking about jeff heath here guys we're talking about <laughs> like guys that could intercept passes and play that center field the raiders desperate we haven't had one since uh since charles woodson obviously so there's quite a bit i don't know what's going to happen simmons will probably Maybe we we'll just bring money, back charles
1: woodson right, can we listen, just sign him you, you
0: i you'd have no <laughs> no things for me I'll, I'll sign up for that right now but there's gonna be a lot of less my my two biggest things needs for this football team and i'll talk about it on my podcast yards per attempt ball-hawking free safety, and interior pass rusher. They have to come yeah, away this offseason yeah. with a ball-hawking safety and an interior pass rusher, and then we, we're we still cooking with gas. And then you just draft entire defense, and John Gruden takes mm-hmm. the day off. <laughs> I <laughs> think Max Crosby
1: Never. would deal with, uh, agree with that, interior defensive lineman and uh, ball-hawking free safety. I think you would definitely agree. Uh, <laughs> man, Eddie Borsili, good talk, good conversation. I like, the, uh, I like the results here, and I like the, I guess – ability that the Raiders have going into this offseason being middle of the pack in some of these things having some decent draft picks um, having an ability I guess in some sense to go all in without shooting ourselves in the foot Uh, Mm -hmm. hopefully we've learned you know kind of Mike Mayock had like a little bit maybe of a sophomore slump Uh, maybe he (laughs) he learned a little bit I guess right and we'll see what we can do now with with some free agents and maybe we go into the draft a little bit different mentality Um, and you know maybe see how this next draft class the third draft class uh, under, you know, Raider nation's favorite general manager, Mike Mayout goes, and we'll go from there. So Eddie, uh, appreciate you joining me. Everyone listening, make sure you subscribe to the yards per attempt podcast, find it on all of your favorite platforms, Spotify, Apple podcast yards per attempt. I wonder where he got that name from.
0: I wonder why I wonder, wonder, wonder why I'm sure we'll have that conversation more than once this offseason. season.
1: <laughs> Eddie, appreciate you joining me, man. We'll talk again soon. Cody had a blast, man. Take, take care. That's gonna do it for this episode. Again, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Leave that rating and review. We're gonna be getting into a lot of things for the 2021 off season. I'm I'm definitely pumped. Uh, this is gonna be, I think, a, a key off season for us, a very a crucial off season, especially for John Gruden going into his fourth year of this major contract. Mike Mayock needing a bounce back off season because I know he's, you know, a little disappointed probably with how things turned out with this draft class, having to trade your third round pick. Uh, some of the free agent signings just weren't quite ideal. Uh, I think you'd agree we could have did a little bit better job this offseason, and I'm very confident in him that he will. Uh, I think he'll be able to learn from things. Of course, he's still a new general manager in the NFL. Uh, he's great at seeking out talent. And now it's just you know putting the right guys in the right places and the right situations, and hopefully now you know capitalizing on those things. So, Raider Nation, appreciate you joining me. We're going to start... I took a little break here from podcasting, I guess, to refresh and regroup and get ready for the offseason. Make sure you're also subscribed to my YouTube channel. I'll be dropping, I guess, uh, if you've made it this far, you'll know I'll have an interview with Daryl Worley uh, coming up here soon. It'll be on the podcast feed, but it'll probably hit YouTube first. So make sure you subscribe to YouTube.com slash Raider Cody. Uh, I'll be doing some live Q&As there, too, throughout the offseason, getting into some of the stuff. So, Raider Nation, appreciate you joining me. Until next time, later.